This is the Sermon Podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. And a reading from Acts. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability." Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one of them heard them speaking in native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all of those who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I I shall show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood, fire, and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. Before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day, then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Holy wisdom, holy word. That's a Hall of Fame performance when you have to read that lesson on Pentecost Day. Eric, thanks for for bringing it to us. Don't get too comfortable because it's going to be a very short sermon today. Some of you are saying, yes. (laughs) One question in this sermon, one one question outline. church year where we're at today church year is roughly divided in half we're nearing the end of the first half of the story of jesus Uh, in that first festival half we have gone from 
uh, awaiting the long-awaited Messiah at Advent, the birth of Jesus, the crucifixion, death, and then resurrection of Jesus, the ascension of Jesus, today the giving of the Holy Spirit, and next Sunday we'll put a cap on that and celebrate the Trinity. Half the year focused on what God has done, what we believe God has done. The other half of the church year is going to be with what God's going to do with that. About the Holy Spirit of God, about a servant church arising that is both Catholic and apostolic, and a church that's committed to being the body of Christ now in the world. So the first half of the church year is about God revealed in Christ. We're just finishing that up. And the second half is about God's Spirit revealed in the body of Christ, the church, the communion of saints. So this is the question. That church, the body of Christ, what, what exactly happened to the church at Pentecost? It is a day of Pentecost. The disciples are in Jerusalem. Jesus has died, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven. Jesus' last words to them were that he would be with them to the end of the age. Don't worry, don't be afraid. I will be with you. But I'm not quite sure they feel like that. Jerusalem is packed with people at this point, eight, 9,000 people there for the Feast of the Pentecost. There's a crowd, yes, but I'm thinking that they feel alone. Because again, Jesus is gone, and it's not like it was the last time he left after a gory crucifixion, but nonetheless, he's not with them. And I think some of you know that feeling. If you've lost someone you love, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they were 150 years old. It doesn't matter if they suffered and you prayed for their dying at the end. You know that when you get to a holiday or an occasion, a birthday, Mother's Day, Father's Day, you know that you will miss them. And even if you are celebrating, you're still going to miss them. And you're going to feel alone, even in a crowd, even when you come to church. I think that is the disciples on the day of Pentecost. But then something happens. Something happens. But what is it? What happened on the day of Pentecost? It's tough. It's tough to explain this. There's a gust of wind suddenly. Luke calls it a violent wind. What is that? There are tongues of fire. I don't have a clue about that one. I love this piece right here. It reminds me of fireworks. And I love fireworks, but what are tongues of fire? There's a filling of the Holy Spirit. Can anybody here explain that one? It's emotion, I guess. I, I know that. Raw emotion, it kind of gives you a chill or a shiver or something like that. But it's also the kind that you can't explain to someone. And there's this international hospitality moment. Everyone's speaking in a foreign language, languages that were once confused by the Tower of Babel. God intentionally did that. Now all of those languages are working together to tell one story. There's this long list of countries, and every one of them hears in their own language. And then Peter starts getting out on the limb. And this is the same Peter who tried this before. He walked on water briefly. He, he denied Jesus three times. And I can see the others of them just kind of poking themselves. Here goes Peter again. Watch this. 
And the crowd, the crowd that's watching all this, the wind, the flames, the fireworks, the filling of the Holy Spirit, the crowd thinks that they are all drunk. Think about that one for a moment. The crowd thinks that every one of them is drunk. Have you ever been to a church, much less a Lutheran church, where you walked in, your first observation was, these people are drunk. (laughs) And Peter gives a sermon, not about doctrine and not about morality or social issues, not 10 steps to a happy life or how to raise my children to love Jesus, but about young men and young women seeing visions and old people who ought to be done still dreaming dreams about the pouring out of the Spirit and what Peter calls the great and glorious day of the Lord. Now, Lutherans, we, we don't talk about that. In fact, it's really hard for Lutherans to even say it. Maybe we ought to practice. Would you just say it with me? The great and glorious day of the Lord. The great and glorious day of the Lord. And this is what that's going to look like, Peter says, as he finishes his sermon. And frankly, who would have ever thought that Peter, lug-headed fisherman, asked all those ridiculous questions of Jesus, who ever thought that he'd be the one doing the preaching? But he wraps it all up, brings it all to one point when he says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. First sermon, one point. (laughs) Everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, and let's talk about that very briefly. What does that look like, calls on the name of the Lord? It's not reciting the Nicene Creed. It's help me, Jesus. Help. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, will be forgiven, will be included, will find peace, not just a long time from now, but now. One minute they are alone, they're going through the motions, and the next minute they're literally on fire for the gospel. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I can just see it passing through the crowd. Everyone. So this is my question. What happened? What happened? How do you explain it? Now let me bring it forward. Let me ask the same question another way. So what exactly happened to that church? Where did that church go? How did we get from that church that is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, dreaming dreams about the coming reign of God, the good and glorious day of the Lord, filled with power and emotion and boldly and effectively proclaiming the gospel that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved? How did we get from from that on-fire church to this thing today called church? How did we get from Pentecost disciples supercharged for reaching out and welcoming and proclaiming and loving and having things in common and sharing with one another to, to this, to this church, which sometimes, sometimes seems intent on preserving ourselves or doing it all the right way, which let's be honest, that usually means my way, and not offending anyone in the process and keeping the balance budget the whole time, and, very importantly, let's do all of it in just one hour on Sunday morning. 
How did we get from that day of Pentecost where everyone heard and everyone understood and everyone was engaged and everyone was empowered, where everyone who called on the name of the Lord would be saved? What happened to that church? I think the real question is whether we believe in a God, a Holy Spirit, who still acts like on the day of Pentecost. Do we believe in a God who can blow through closed doors? A God who can set people's hearts on fire? Do do we believe in a God with the power to transform us, literally transform us as individuals and as communities? Or, Or have we like come to some unspoken agreement that, you know, God's getting kind of old and God's kind of tired and you can mail him your request the way you mail things to Santa Claus if you want, but you know, don't really count on God to really change anything, much less me. Do we believe in a God who is alive with power, with the whole world in his hands, who is ushering in a new day, a new kingdom, the great and glorious day of the Lord, and who is using each and every one of us to do that. What happened to the church? So I guess it's actually three questions. What happened to the church on the day of Pentecost? And then what happened to that church? And then what's going to happen to this church? Amen.